Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for January 30th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 374. So my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com, and uh, today I have arranged for Sonny Harris and Michael Filigera to join us again. And the option professor is back to moderate, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Sounds great. And a uh, big week ahead, guys. We've got uh, all kinds of information. Tomorrow, we're going to start with the employment uh, cost index, which uh, last year was running at about a 5% or better clip. So it'll be interesting to see if that backed off or not. And then, of course, we've got uh, the Fed meeting. And then we've got on Thursday, we got the three big guys, uh, Amazon, Apple, and uh, Google announcing their earnings, which is about 13% of these indexes. So uh, we're definitely going to know a lot more by Friday than we do now. Uh, before we get started, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Sonny, could you introduce yourself and your company? Hi, I'm Sonny Harris, and I have a website called moneymentor.com. And I've been trading for 42 years and have developed my own indicators and strategies, which I make available to listeners. Uh, I'm a mathematician and a trader. And a programmer. And there's uh, those sunny bands, which are proprietary to you that you're going to get into. Uh, well, I didn't. I, I forgot to mention the good news about today is we've got two very distinct uh, technical people here. Uh, Sunny has got um, her sunny bands, which are extremely uh, interesting and effective. And then uh, Michael Filigara will give us, I hope, more on the Fibonacci and the Elliott wave. So I think we're going to get a great uh, technical look at stuff today. Michael, can you uh, introduce yourself and uh, your company? Sure. Um, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Michael Filigara, and my websites are tradershelpingtraders.com and logicalsignals.com. And um, <laughs> I am an analyst and a trader, and I have a YouTube channel where I provide uh, my Eye of the Storm podcast, which is a once a week uh, big picture update, and also daily uh, coverage of the Elliott Wave update for the S&P and the NASDAQ one. Okay. Now we've had a stampede into these markets here in the first uh, month of the year, actually since <clears throat> November. And uh, they've gone into US tech, they've gone into Europe, they've gone into emerging markets and they're going into China and Pacific Rim. So uh, we're gonna try to figure out if this is uh, gonna continue or if they have discounted a little bit too much too soon. So before we get started on Monday, we always say uh, the S&P, uh, opened uh, today at, uh, anybody have the exact opening? Um, Looks like, is it 40.49? Did it open it? I have it at, let me see. Yeah, this says um, 40.49.27. Okay, so let's use that as a gauge, uh, 40.50, let's call it. Uh, uh, from 40.50, where do we close on Friday? Above, below, or the same? We'll start with Sunny. What do you think? And what is your confidence level? I think we're going up to what I call the next attractor. I call all kinds of interesting things attractors. And I think we're going to go to at least 41.29, which isn't much, but it's better than down. Yeah. And your confidence level is about? Oh, about 60, 70% maybe. Yeah. More, more probable than not, but not 90%. Mm -hmm. No. Um, Michael, uh, your call and your confidence level? Um, well, it's sort of like playing Russian roulette at the moment, I think. Um, like you mentioned, we have so many things, the, the largest being uh, the Fed decision on Wednesday. 
and that'll be followed up by you know the trifecta of earnings reports on Thursday. So my thoughts are, I do expect the market to actually. That's a beautiful target uh, that Sonny mentioned because that's exactly the target I have. Mine's forty-one thirty-two up to forty-one fifty, but it's just they could hit that on Wednesday and be all done. Mm-hmm. Um, so by yeah. Friday, it's a mixed bag. I'm going to say lower. And I'm going to only a 50% because we, we're just waiting on too much information. And there's a lot of 50%. So the 10-year note is at 355. You know, I think we started seeing 335, uh, the party's over on that side. And if we started seeing 360 or 380, the party's over on that side. So, you Absolutely. know, every you you the know. 10 year, the 30, they're both, they're all doing that same thing. Yeah. They're so they're right in that middle right here. And uh, so it'll yeah. be very interesting to see what goes on. Now, um, Sonny, why don't you uh, throw up your Sunny bands now? And then you could put a little picture behind your thoughts. And then, Michael, get ready mm-hmm. with your screen to maybe show us how Elliot and uh, Fibonacci is coming into your thoughts. So, uh, Sonny, let's start out with your Sunny bands. And as they say at court, let's see your evidence. <laughs> you see my screen okay? Yep. Yep. Okay. So there's uh, a chart with this is the ES on it. Uh-huh. And I had the Dow on there just a second ago when I was looking at where we're going. Uh-huh. No, I guess I didn't. I had the ES on. And the, I have right here is what I call an attractor, which is right. uh, it attracts price to it. And there's another one right there was the one I was mentioning. Notice that that's right at the top of the sunny bands, the green lines that go yeah. on the top and the bottom. The two extremes are the outer sunny uh-huh. bands. And that's where I think we're going right there. Now, if we were to revert back to the mean a little bit, where the uh, gold and the purple are kind of meeting down there, what number does that give you? That gives me 39.77. Yeah, because there are a lot of moving averages with a 3,900 handle. So if the yeah. news didn't if the news didn't go the way of the bulls, going back towards those moving averages. Uh, then we're definitely going for that 39.77. Yeah, that uh, that would make some sense too. So that's why it's a little bit binary this week, huh? It's either going to be uh, go up and uh, and uh, blow out the rest of the shorts and get the rest of the sideline money going, or it's going to be all these people that bought in or want to get out the movie theater at the same time. <laughs> so it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. That's what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying it's binary much more than yeah. usual. Yeah, it is. Because of, because of the news and right. because of where we're at. Yep. You no, know, because we are a little bit extended away from some of the moving averages. Look at all your other bands that are way underneath the market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we are extended away from a lot of those bands. So if the news we are, did, and there's another did, attractor right here down at the bottom band. There you go. That's so I mean, like I say, if, if they come out and uh, get real hawkish, this employment cost index shows that the employment, the labor costs are still going through the roof, and um, and other factors, you know, uh, there's certainly a, enough people who've made money between uh, November and now to take mm-hmm. some profits. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But like I say, if it comes out uh, uh, dovish and if it comes out that, uh, you know, Google and those guys all made good, uh, all made their numbers and they don't uh, give guidance that scares anybody, you know, uh, obviously the path of least resistance has been up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, the those companies could come out with good earnings and the fed can say, we're going to increase earnings, increase rates again, interest Mm -hmm. rates. And so one will throw the market up and the other one will make it go down. 
Well, Larry Summers was mentioning this employment cost index, which comes out tomorrow as the gold standard on labor, in that it really gives you an idea of what labor is costing. And like last year, um, it was 5.1%. So obviously, Fed funds is underneath the rising cost of labor. And that's uh, a relationship that the Fed may want to change. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So it'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, uh, according to the bands, you can definitely see how it could run up to that uh, higher green line there. And uh, it's just that the majority of the lines are underneath and, yep. and there's getting to be a decent amount of real estate between those other lines and where we're trading. Very good. So we'd have to we'll have to see that. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. But uh, like I say, uh, the way the, the, the flow has been is to the upside. Michael, yeah. can you can you share your chart and give us an idea of what... Uh, the Fibonacci's and the um, and the Elliot's sure are telling can. us. Yeah, I sure can. Let it this. One. Okay, you should be able to see my screen. Yep. Okay, I'm. I'm first. I'm going to leave up my hourly. And the way I was counting it, we still had uh, a small fifth wave, but turning into a much larger fifth wave that was breaking down. I mean, in terms of it was subdividing very cleanly until this morning. Um, I was expecting a small pullback after Friday's. A high was reached at 4,100, but that <clears throat> got smashed. And now it's turning into something much larger, which puts that high and additional highs in jeopardy on an Elliott basis and also on a FIB basis. Now, considering that this was larger than I expected, this was larger than I expected, and the market absolutely rallied right off of them. We started to, and then we pulled back down. And I'm going to be very interested to see what the balance of the day does. As we were discussing, I think if the market continues to drop down from here, it's all over. I don't, you know, it's going to lead into probably a, a hawkish view coming out of the Fed. Um, I'm also getting a lot of rumblings from some of the larger firms and a lot of the uh, larger analysts that 4,100 to 4,200 is just not sustainable. They may try. But it's not sustainable, and it would provide a turn that will end up being massive in the market. That's what they're saying. I think that ultimately, if this all pans out the way I think it should, this is my target, 42. And that would then complete this fifth wave. And then let me just pull this out one notch. And then it completes this intermediate wave two that I've got going on here. Now, again, I got all my fibs in there, so it's kind of blocking it up. But what it, there are people that are talking that it's going to go above forty three eventually. Well, because if you, took the measurement, if, you, if you took the measurement of uh, forty eight ten, which was the top, and thirty four ninety one, which is the bottom, and you took sixty one point eight percent, you're at forty three oh six. So some people are probably using that number as a guiding point. Um, I agree. And again, agree. we are in this cycle. There's a cycle uh, between the end of um, uh, October of last year and um, and April of this year that goes back for a long time. It's the uh, second year of the presidency going into the third. And that has been an up cycle pretty much every year that I look back since 1970. So I think and, you got you some know, cycl you got and, cyclical and I, stuff happening here too. You know? Right. And, and I definitely do not disagree with cycle work because um, I think we all depend on established cycles yeah. to continue to repeat themselves. But I think we've had a lot of disruptors to the cycle. Yeah. And 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 that's now coming into play. I think you you brought some good points on on what could happen. It's like we're we're still coming off of a pandemic. We're still doing a lot of things. And what you mentioned, as far as like being within an inflationary period, that what you mentioned, like um, employment cost, that's major that I don't think people are really looking at. So I want to thank you for bringing that in. 
Because I think that's a very, very important factor for people to realize that the one thing the Fed has not been able to do is to, more people are going back to work, which a standalone by itself, yeah, that's positive. I like it. More people getting getting jobs, having money, et cetera, et cetera. But it's inflationary. Mm-hmm. And if we don't if we don't grasp onto that, so that number that you talk about tomorrow, I was already aware of, but I'm glad you mentioned that because it's going to give so much clues to possibly why we had Fed governors and Powell himself coming out and saying, hey, do not get too excited about this rally. Yeah, because so. uh, it is it is based on a lot of uh, very hopeful uh, <clears throat> uh, ending of the Fed, ending of the Fed. I mean, where's the evidence of that? You know, if the employment cost index is very high uh, and the money right. supply, the M2 money supply, which I've been watching since last year and it's been going in the toilet, it's actually negative growth on M2 money supply. And in history, you don't see the uh, asset prices going up too far if the money supply is tanking. Right. We got that. <clears throat> We also got the Fed has got still, I think they still have like $5 trillion they need to get off their balance sheets. Yeah. So and like if they're not able yeah, to yeah. do it in the methodology that they're using, what's left? They debase the currency. Yeah. That's why it's going to be a very volatile year this year, I think. It's, Absolutely it's, correct. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Very volatile. I agree. Uh, uh, Sonny, when you uh, are looking at the Sunny bands there, uh, can you put your screen back up and we'll take a look at, um, you know, the methodology a little bit maybe you could explain it to the laypersons uh, how you come yeah, up with these things to... well they're kind of magical but they're based on the purple and gold lines in the middle mm-hmm. which are my dynamic moving average i figured out m- many many years ago that whipsaw cause uh, whipsaw back and forth and you lose money you make money in a trend and you lose money in the whipsaw so I developed some proprietary mathematics that took me about 18 months to research and come up with that keeps this moving average from whipsaw. You notice, you see, it comes down here and it doesn't whipsaw and over here, it doesn't whipsaw, it just stays steady. And that's the basis of uh, the sunny bands is this dynamic moving average. It calculates its own uh, lengths, like length one and length two, short length and long length, whatever you want to call those. Those two moving average numbers are calculated internally to the dynamic moving average. So then the green and teal lines on the outer, uh, upper outer and lower outer part of the bands are 1.2 and 2.0 average two ranges away from the DMA, dynamic moving average. And that seems to contain price really well. It does. It definitely does. And, um, you know, what I was thinking is, is, you know, Thursday, we're going to have about uh, three stocks that represent about 13% of these indexes. So obviously, how they are going to go is going to have a probably a decent effect on the markets. Can we mm-hmm. look at Apple, Amazon, and Google and see what your uh, sunny bands are showing? Well, Apple, well, this is what I call a sunny band sell signal right here. You see this blue candle went up above this upper sunny band, and then we've got a red candle inside. That's a sell signal if confirmed by price action tomorrow. So we have to wait for that to see if that's actually a sell signal. But it, uh, eh, gold is still on top. That's a really questionable. It's a scary uh, trade there because gold's on top and it's expecting price to go down. But it may not be confirmed tomorrow. And we've got this 200 period moving average right on top of there. Good chance it's going to try to break through that too. If it does go weak, uh, where would you start uh, 
thinking it's time to pull the ripcord because it has had a pretty good run from 125 up to uh, 140, mm -hmm. almost 150. So well, if, uh, it, if it where, goes down tomorrow, I'd be short. Okay. So if you see a red number under 140 or something like that, that would certainly not be good. Right. All it's right. So there you Apple, go. Apple, Amazon. Yeah. Amazon is the next one. Uh, Amazon is just going on down. This is Amazon? A-M-Z-N? Oh, no, Amgen. Yeah. One more. Amgen's going on down. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a bad, it's a bad time for drugs, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or a good time. Yeah. Um, so Amazon here looks like it's going on up. It's pushing the outer sunny bands up, and we're heading for the 200 on this one. Yeah. So we're still still moving in that direction. I had a huge buy signal on Amazon um, when it hit that low price that it hit. Uh, there's this uh, real long-term average that I've been looking at uh, on it, and uh, it came down and touched it, and then bam, did it take off off of that? It's uh, I think it's called the 120 120 uh, EXPMA, mm. and it, it came in at around uh, 87 bucks. And mm. when it when it hit the eight, well, it went into a little lower than that, and then boom, it's bounced off it pretty nicely. So. Um, and right there is the Sunny Bands buy signal. Yeah, you got it right around the same spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was an excellent entry level right there. That's why, you know, working with these lines uh, sometimes is pretty heavy, uh, pretty uh, good, because these entry levels, you know, if you put your cell right underneath it, it's not too much risk. And then if it does turn, that's a pretty good right. pop. Just yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'd rather be buying against that green line than buying now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, when things are going up, it's a good time to buy. Oh yeah, I, at least in I your momentum. With, yeah. I disagree with trying to pick bottoms. No, right. I agree. I agree. But as far as uh, you know, being able to put a stop pretty close here, you know, um, it could pull back to ninety-five for all we know. Could easily look right there's an attractor. Yeah. It hits it over a and over and over again. Couple of bucks away. Yeah. Um, how's Google oh. shaping up? G O O G L, I guess is the one. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got another tractor up here at right at the 200-day moving average. So I think we're going on up to the 200 on Google. Yeah. I think it'll be surprising because it, it doesn't look like it's going to do it. Right. But I think it will. Yeah. Like I say, the, the flow of traffic is to the upside. So if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they get anything to grab a hold of, any uh, trepidation that they had today going into the thing, you know, obviously... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you, if you go to a no seller environment, the algos just hit the uh, side that has no liquidity. And uh, that's how you get the volatility either way. Mm -hmm. In other words, once they can see there's no offers for whatever reason or no bids, then they they hit that side as hard as they can. And they force, you know, they, they cause the volatility because, you know, it's, it ends up being an order imbalance with a ton of people buying or a ton of people selling, hitting that side of the market that's weak. It's true. So anyway, um, Michael, do you want to take a look at these three stocks? Again, they're very important stocks coming up Thursday. And uh, sure. what's, your, what's your wave and uh, Fibonacci's telling you on it? Let's see if I can get that to show my screen again. Let's go over and first look at Apple because I believe I do actually have a count on it, which now I'm going to have to change because you can see like everything else, it is putting in a tremendous rally right off of that 125. So I haven't updated this in quite a while since actually October. Um, but if I had to say that this completed and now we're in this upswing, but I, mm, that would have been for the downside. Let me just redo some of this. And if I'm just going to do straight fibs coming up, 
I'm going to run them from there to there. So 50% is 150, and then with 618 is 156. And I think anything above 157 really opens the door that it can go up and start testing the highs. Um, now, current environment, current of what's everything going on, interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, could put the kibosh on everything. But Apple, as they're now talking about, is the one company where they have not lined up to say we're laying off X amount of people worldwide, et cetera, et cetera. And we're actually the CEO, CEO took a $49 million cut in his mm. salary. So that could be perceived as like, wow, that's very gracious, et cetera, et cetera. And we already know that Apple is, is the largest retail stock in the world. Mm. And so again, unless they say something really contrary to what everybody's already believing, um, I think, yeah that it's it's going to continue to go up it may do it real quick spike fashion and then just start the down cycle because one thing that i do say in terms of not only an elliott wave count but just what economically is happening to the country or more to the economy um apple is not going to escape that so people say well apple doesn't borrow money it's like they most certainly do and so if their borrowing costs are going to be higher or their employment costs are going to be higher, then they're going to feel the pinch. So I think that, yep, we could spike, but I think then still we're going to pull back. I mean, that's that's pretty straight line, straight line up. Michael, you see the trend line that comes from your B where you topped out the fib lines right there down yeah. the next highs? No, not that one. That's the fib. Oh, you want me to go to this one? <clears throat> yes. All right, hold on. Let me, let me put that in there for us. If I just go from here. And all the way down to current across that. Down. Right. All right. To this one. No, no, no. Go down off the off the recent highs there. Whoops. Too far. Right there. And see we're above that. That's a very bullish sign to me. It just kind of took it away. Oh, OK, let me do this right again. there. That's good. I got to I got to anchor it here. Oh. OK. Yeah. Um. So when it broke above it. Yeah, that's bullish I, in my book. OK, because it broke the channel. It broke, it broke the, the trend line. Yeah, broke the trend line. Yeah. And where and previously it went up, didn't came back down below it, right? And then continued lower. So on that basis, then would you consider if it got up here, touched inside a reverse, that the the reversal would not get confirmation until it came back down and broke that trend line? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fair because I I think in a, even in a corrective basis, it's going to come down below that. Do you? So yeah. So there's Apple. So even on a, on a on an Elliott basis. It has, in my opinion, on an Elliott basis, it still has some upside potential, but it would need to, it needs a pullback. It may continue in the upswing, but it needs a pullback. It's kind of you know, on my daily, you see it's turning, it's turning lower off of nearly overbought on a daily. Mm -hmm. We still have the 200 sitting right above it at 148, almost 149. See, as long as that continues to go flat, that puts the brakes on a rally. And but all the others, and still you would think that this is on the daily, so you know it gets a little weird. The fifty is turning higher, but the twenty is yet to cross the fifty, and that's got to be another that has to occur to get our moving averages in alignment and getting ready to start breaking above that two hundred. So it hasn't finished its death cross yet. No, no, correct. No. I, that I would, yeah, I would put that in there as well. So how that bodes for what they're going to report on Thursday, you know, let's flip a coin because it's really what it's down to. 
But I, I, I really, I, even though our indicators are kind of suggesting we should continue to go higher, we're looking for higher. Um, how many times recently have we seen where it's just like, no, I don't care what you say, it turns and it just dies. And it does the opposite. It, it throws the surprise. Yeah. And um, so I can't discount anything. I think initially, yeah, I think we can get a spike. We can get up to here, maybe even up to here. The way that they come after stocks now, yes, I can see it. But I think then it turns and it does correct. So, And then I'd have to have that upper level to really try to determine where we're going to find support coming back off. Initially, I would use my moving averages to where it could come back to. And if this 50 is really being a laggard here, it'll end up being support on the way back. I just, and it'll be like a magnet. I just looked at the ES on a weekly basis. And the Sunny Band says it can strange and going down next. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're in some kind of a strange bear market, sideways bear market. We are definitely. Strange is the optimal word right now. Yeah. We, we are most certainly in a very bizarre, strange time. Because, and I obviously don't have anything here on, on Amazon, but that doesn't mean I can't look at it. And again, just off of the daily, off of that high, that would be like, here's, a, here's the down cycle, up. And we went down cleanly, and it's just a, it's just a corrective bounce, mm -hmm. and and it's not up to the trend line off those two highs either. No, you want me to take it from there? Would you? Yes. And connect it that here. One. Yes. Wow. See, it's not anywhere near up to there though. No, and even if we did a second one here to mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. then it's through it. Yeah. The secondary, but that's just this leg. That's not the overall move. Right. So I think I think Amazon, yeah, there sits the 200. And I think that matches up with one of your sunny bands as well. Oh, yep. it matches with your 200. Yeah, right. there you go. Because your 200 is also sitting at 112, I think, in Amazon. Correct. And then it was it was the sunny bands were saying, oh, that's a, that's a, a tractor line. Mm -hmm. So it would be attracted. Now, having this thing jump 10 or 11 bucks on earnings, that's not a great surprise. Yeah, I feel that gap too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right here. So, yeah, I mean, all that so can that happen, but perfect. again, I think they're finishing moves, not the beginning of something. I think it finishes and sets us up for the next decline. I think I agree with that. So, and then the last one, Jim, was Google. Google. Google is showing strength, but at the same time, weakness, like right there, look at that gap. And then they went back and filled it. Now, here, I do have a little bit, but that was all built for the downside of where Google could could come in on the downside, thinking that this was going to continue and but i'm going to take that off because obviously that's not happening but again we could be in since we didn't break that here is an a then we get an a a b and a c for a flat and then we get one more upswing or that was the low we didn't break it yet that's wave a wave b and this is a c wave up and that's one two three four and we're in the fifth right now so 104 105 sure their earnings better be stellar. And they may be because who is it that's suing Google because of their ad policies, their ads? Yeah, but the, big, the, big, the big joke there is they're suing them and now that ad uh, revenue is tanking. Right. So, I mean, that's that, that's the big thing um, because a lot of that ad revenue is, of course, through YouTube, Yeah, which Google owns. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, they're very faithful because I do have a monetized channel on YouTube. And um, it's very lucrative. So yeah, I would be a little disappointed. 
Yeah, YouTube is uh, their their best thing nowadays. Seems like. Yeah. Well, they're saying that uh, Google is a monopoly. Yes. Yes. Which actually, right now, they are because they have YouTube. Yeah. Right. But uh, Microsoft yeah. is spending all that money with the the uh, um, I, um, AI AI to um, <clears throat> get their own Alexa going or whatever. And uh, if they could uh, make an effective thing on that, that could. Uh, that could be some competition down the road too. Right. But don't forget, you know, this is something else that we, that we didn't mention in the earnings things. We got metaverse reporting on fed day. We got metaverse on Wednesday. Yeah. 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 It's totally going to be muted, but what, what they're really banking on is their ad revenue. Yeah. People are looking well, yeah, maybe the, maybe metaverse is going to show an improvement in their ad revenue. And I don't think so. Yeah. Let's look at them. Uh, here's what I think would be very helpful to people, because, again, where the stampede has come, uh, the big question uh, would be on people's mind is, is you know, uh, has it come too far? Uh, is it done? I mean, because you got uh, Europe up 10 percent for the year. You've got uh, China up like 15 or 20 percent or something like that. Um, Baba has uh, gone up 87 uh, percent off the low. But let's go over some of the broad based ETFs. So uh, we just get a flavor for the entire sector. Let's start out with uh, EM. Uh, EEM and uh, and I'll do a few with you and then I'll switch over to Sunny for a few. Let's look at EEM. Uh, this is your emerging markets and uh, uh, the longer term charts, you know, appear to still uh, indicate it's a throwback rally. Right. But um, you know, is there anything uh, that would tell I'm us looking, that I'm somewhere in this neighborhood? That. I'm looking at the um, you and I looked at that one other time because I put fibs up there. Um, this is the weekly. Yeah. It's a recovery rally and that's it. So if I had to really, let's go back and let's just put some simple fibs up there. Very simple. We're going to go to that high. We're going to go to that low. So it's not doing anything. Right there. Right. 42.96, Jim. Yeah. And then you got the 200 sitting above it at 44.30. Yeah. So I think we're reaching its its completion point as we're reaching in the S&P, as we're reaching in the NASDAQ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, why don't we put so, up uh, China, FXI? Of course, EEM probably is primarily China anyway. Same, same. Yeah, they're all they're all mirroring one another. Yeah. So it, it tells me a lot of things. It tells me the narrative was a false narrative, whether you know, but as it was playing out, absolute true narrative. Yeah. But the reason that it was all getting hyped was, you know, Fed's gonna pivot. It, you know, China's in an, in a recovery mode now. And we're seeing them pump a bunch of money. They're doing a lot of stimulus to, you know, get their economy going. And that may all be true. Yeah. But what we still have not seen is the proof that it's working, other yeah. than we're all jumping back in into mm -hmm. their market. Mm -hmm. But is it actually going to come back out in their economic calculations? And their So yeah. I think here on this one, yeah, there's still room. But look, we got right in front of us, 3373. Then we it have could be, it could be a deal. February could have some vulnerability to it. Huh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And again, if it comes through, this to me looks like an ABC against a five. So what's that tell me? There's still another five down. And that's that's something that I'm noticing here about our own country, about the United States. I think we we've if we look at our own interest rates, we've done in terms of bond price, we've done a quick five down, and now we're doing three up. What's that tell me? We still got another five down to come. And what's that suggest? Lower bond prices, higher yields. 
Mm-hmm. So well, with the rates- China reopening, that's a tremendous amount of demand hitting the market. The unemployment rate's three and a half percent. If the employment cost index is still in the four or five percent range, you know, there's yeah. a lot of pressure. And then, of course, uh, uh, energy is doing kind of lousy today. But there are some people who think that uh, the supply demand dynamic there is going to catch somebody by the uh, by the ear at some point. Um, and so there's a lot of vulnerable, uh, a lot of vulnerability for the inflation to be a lot more sticky than people are anticipating and the fed to, uh, definitely take their time doing anything dramatic with interest rates. Uh, right. I just want to show you real quick. This is the 30 year. Okay. Um, I want to go out just to briefly show you here's, here's what the yields have been right now, because we got that first meeting coming up on Wednesday, yeah. the yields in the 30 year have hung out 3.6, like the 10 year, three and a half, absolutely three and a half. The, the five year and the two around closer to four, but this went around 3.6. Now bringing this back down, you can see pretty clearly the labeling, right? That was an extreme. So I don't count it. If I go over and I just use a closing base on my chart, you're going to see that was the high. That was the yield low and the the bond price high right was in august of 2020 then we've come all the way down in a very clean five that's only just a wave a this is a b wave we still now get this here's the kicker we can see bond prices continue to rise now so again tomorrow uh, wednesday's got a lot riding on it because oh, yeah. we're sitting here either this is all done yeah and i'm going to put a b up here somewhere because if it is Oh, what we're in deep, deep. The the bond bond price in the 30 year is going to go subpar, sub under a hundred. And it'll well, do know, it real quick. People are making a good point that you're really not getting paid very much for duration risk. In other words, 30 years right. is a long way from today. And right. you're only getting a little bit over three percent in an environment where the deficits are this big, where the uh, you know uh, the amount it printed uh, has been so tremendous. I mean, you know, they're just saying it seems inordinately low for duration risk. It's almost like people right. are thinking uh, in the next thirty years there's going to be absolutely no problem. Right now, we're looking at if this thing gets itself up there, then yes, we can. We could probably see three and a quarter, three and a quarter. Where then we're done with this B wave, but yeah. here, here, here are interest rates. They did five waves up. Now, if this is just going to be a three wave down, <laughs> right? Because we're doing the opposite of what we'll the bond down, price you, does. You will go down towards three percent. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I have a lot of market players who are very, very active in treasuries, and they're like three and a quarter. They don't see. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's going to be that's a possibility out there, whether you see it or not. But here's the other part. If I just kind of run. It's almost like they forgot about duration risk because if they look at their bond portfolio from when you talked about it in 2020, yes. and you look at the value of the bonds then, the value of the bonds in October of last year when we hit 435, right. that right. was a fantastically large loss that they have. And when you have right. a big loss on a 30-year instrument, you have to wait 30 years to get your principal back. There you go. And I don't so, have 30 years left. But you know what I'm trying to say is you're, in a, you're kind of in a jam because, you know, that's not going to swing back the other way unless rates right. really drop. Right. So the bottom line is, is they seem like they've had amnesia on what kind of losses can occur if, in fact, you know, um, the bond prices, you know, lose their value again. I just put up you. a monthly chart of the bonds and yeah. Fibonacci line on it. And it looks I mean, we're right at the 200 month uh low we've just bounced up off of that i think we're going to one 
32 and then back down to 101. Right, right. right. And that could just be the ABC. Mm -hmm. longer term which you know jim again you know we're talking about that we're going to be in this correction even in, within the bonds in this inflation and we move into a period of deflation etc cetera, etc cetera. so we have a lot of things going on between now and, and 2024 even out to 2025 so if we're looking at this just on a yield basis here's the targets six and a half to eight eight now that's going to blow people's minds when you're thinking that that the low on this yield was 1.17. So what's it going to take for this thing to really kind of push through? The secondary drop in terms of rise in inflation, drop in um, bond price, rise in yield. So again, five up, I do three down, I got another five up to do. So there's still a lot of danger out there. So, and again, if they kind of keep that in the back of your mind, this this folly of what we're doing, it's a recovery rally, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But don't fall in love with somebody telling you it's the new bull market. Yeah. And it this is one of the main reasons why uh, the international markets have taken off and the uh, and the uh, semis have taken off is because of the back off in yield. The other reason is the dollar had a big drop. Let's look at the U.S. dollar, because if that is... Uh, done with it's going down that's a problem too and 75 percent of the uh, advance of last year was already taken away so it's a pretty I, big I, chunk of last year's uh uh run taken away big big chunk but guess what it's kind of done five down i'm looking for three up and then it's got five more down to do yeah but it could have a bounce from here which of course in february would be negative for international negative for the semis negative for all the tech stocks that right up. so right that might co that might be our reasoning here why a if yields go back up at all or b if the dollar has that rebound you're talking about then every because the one of the most crowded trades in the world is long the euro isn't it yeah and so yeah. the bottom and line also, is you, is, know, uh, you know when you and then we take a look at the bund the bond still has a little bit, like for bond yield, it still has a little bit of more upside before it starts to come back down. So all of our interest rates markets globally are pretty much in alignment. And so we're just watching them all climb that wall of worry, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to do a flip and it, it's got another large decline. The dollar, on the other hand... I was thinking that this actually would turn into a much a finishing rally, getting it back up to 120, which just takes us out to previous highs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this long-term chart shows the dollar going down to 98 to 100, right in that range. Absolutely agreed. I yeah, no, absolutely there you got agree. a, a 61 number there, so there's no question. Mm -hmm. But that is only a couple of points underneath the low that it made. Absolutely right. correct. It's not, it's not like there's right a, now, a huge move. Seems like it's already happened. You know. I yeah. Yeah. So if anything, we get a bounce. We're still going to reach that target, Sonny. I agree with that target totally because I was going to point out I got 99. Yeah. I got the 200 yeah. sitting also at 99 and a mm -hmm. little overthrow, 98, not out of the picture, not at all. Mm -hmm. So, but I think we might get a little bounce up here, maybe yes. back to 106. And, and then, Jim, this is what you were saying comes into play a dollar rally? Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody who's long uh, uh, tech, anybody who's long uh, Europe and long uh, EM, um, you know, they're long because of the yields were dropping and the dollar is coming down. Yeah, so, right. You know, and, right. Uh, and the amount of people that are positioned now, long EM, long Europe, long China, you know, uh, long uh, anything uh, like the euro or the British pound or the yen. 
Um, I would think that the positioning is a little bit crowded in that direction right now, short term. I agree. This is a prime opportunity for you called the options professor. Yeah. Well, th this <laughs> is where if you had gains, you'd start selling calls or you do collars. Here you, you go. Puts. You know, obviously there you that, go. That, that, that was the perfect lead in. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Or this replacement trades. You know, you get out of the long position you have <clears throat> and you put a limited risk call in there or call spread just right. in case it's going to keep going. It's kind right. of like you take a dollar out of the market and you put 25 cents in to hedge in case you're wrong. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I like both of those. I like, I really like, I'm glad I mentioned it. So you could put that in. Yeah, no. Um, and this is why you need to learn about it. So it's not a foreign language. Absolutely true. Again, And I'll tell you one thing, the brokerage firms, <clears throat> you know, they don't, um, they don't talk about hedging too much. They're generally into uh, buy. And if it goes down, buy more. And if buy go down, buy more. If it goes up, mm -hmm. buy more. Basically it's buy more all the time. You know what I mean? Right. You're in it for the long haul. Yeah, the long haul. And like I say, this is another reason why these markets have to swing. In other words, last October, if that would have continued going into the end of the year and the beginning of the new year, there'd be no pension funds who'd buy any stock, you know? There you go. And there'd be nobody who'd buy bonds. So you can't have that kind of a situation. Plus you had the, uh, the European uh, pension funds were in a catastrophe right. and the emerging markets were talking the word default. So right. that, you know you don't have to be a genius to figure out that they're going to have to ease up on the dollar and they're going to have to ease up on our interest rates so that you know obviously that everyone can catch their wind. Right. Well, they certainly have caught their wind in the last four months, huh? They are absolutely and true. Not only have they caught their wind, they ran a hundred miles an hour the other direction. That, <laughs> yeah, true again. So, and a lot of it just on. I I think it's like, and again, I'm going to go to the, to what you call yourself, the options professor. I think so much of the of the this rally that we've seen, and I shouldn't be having gold up there because it's not the same thing, but that we've seen is courtesy of the rally, the strength that we've seen in Tesla, the strength that we saw in Microsoft, the strength that we saw in NVIDIA and Netflix, just all getting pushed in one direction. And it was all wrapped around a Friday expiration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very much order imbalance. Yep. So you know, when we got that going on and then somebody's spinning going like, well, everything's bullish. It's like, no, it's not. Don't attach that to it. It's all options. It's all derivatives play. And that market has exploded beyond everybody's imagination. So when, and uh, when Tesla the, did go down about 75% in value in about did. a year. So it when did. you go down 75% and you're supposedly the leader in uh, EVs, you know, you're going to have somebody who was short. And, you know, if the word gets out that, uh, you know, something positive happened, you know, it's going to go bounce from 100 to 170 because, you know, these people are, again, when the algos feel or get an idea that the one side of the market has no vol has no volume, right? You know, I want to show you. They're going. They're going to hit. They're going to hit that offer side and bid the thing up because they know nobody's left to sell. I want you to. Show, this is today's volume. These are in the options that are expiring expiring on Friday. Yeah, almost a hundred volatility. The volume in the stock, one hundred seventy one million, folks. That is huge. I don't know what the float is in Tesla. But I know when you start getting close to 200 million shares, you're doing a chunk of what's outstanding in, yeah. in the stock. Now, here we got, look at that, the 180s, and then we got the 200. Where's the volume today? In the Feb 200 that expires on Friday. 
<laughs> and like I say, uh, again, it could easily go up to that level because, uh, again, it's it could. In, it's You're in, absolutely you know, right. Look what it did last Friday. When a stock goes down as far as it did down to 100, it's in no man's land, really, technically, because all the moving averages are up at 200 and 220 and 240. You know right. what I mean? And so right. obviously, you know, uh, you can bounce a heck of a lot when all the moving averages are, you know, 40 and 70 dollars above the current price. Right. Right. The but 200 moving average is at uh, 232, and the trend line across the tops is at 250. Yeah. So and that's why, like I say, 200. this is this is a reversion to the mean trade if there ever one. Absolutely true. Thank you for bringing that up because that's yeah. exactly. And, I, and those aren't bad said. trades. You can use the short-term indicators to get your entry levels and maybe your stop points, and yeah. then you can put keep it on a short leash. And if it starts to make that reversion trade, as you can see, it happens very quickly. That's weekly, though, isn't it, Michael? This is the weekly. Yeah, yeah but so if you just put a, you just put a, you just put somewhere else. It is. You're right. The 200 way up here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what you, that was the line you were mentioning. This, this yeah. one. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Because on, on that weekly, it's the reverse. It's the 50. That's right. It. right. Yeah. Let's okay. take a look at uh, two more real quick. Uh, you guys, one is uh, gold, which you mentioned, because <clears throat> when it hit that 1950 mark, it started to stall a little bit. And there is a, yeah. I saw a little bit of a gap on one of my five-year graphs between 1825 and 1835. And I was wondering if you could see a correction down there to fill that gap, Michael. No, I do not. Um, the interest in gold remains very strong. Uh -huh. And it's and it's not necessarily coming from jewelry makers or, or we've seen, you know, like the countries of India, we've Indonesia, a right. lot of countries where they, they are collectors of gold. They like gold jewelry. They have a lot of people that refine it and, and make jewelry, et cetera, et cetera. So that remains strong. But what where I'm seeing this buying come from is central banks. Yeah, no, there's no doubt there's been a huge central bank. My point was, is if you look at A, the RSI, B, uh, the idea that the dollar does bounce, yields may bounce up, then this would be one of the trades that everyone has piled into where you could maybe get a little bit of profit taking and you got a 1825 number yeah, there. I, so this right. could be a I February, this could be a February dip potential. Right yeah. now, the, the price of gold is at uh, an attractor. It's, it has fallen back from the attractor that's at 1948.4. Right. Yeah. And I think we're going to drop back down to at least to the DMA, which is at 1906. And I think we're going to go on up some more. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, so, uh, so I didn't mean that that it would never happen to the level you were talking about, Jim. I just think it's going not going to go and fill that. I do think we pull back. Yeah. But I think our next stop is 2000. Yeah, I agree with that. So and then back. on a short term and, basis, though, if we were to start closing under 1920 and 1910, would that be some kind of a short term then, signal of weakness? Not I got I got some moving averages on the short term that coming around 1923, which is where we're trading right now. So it's really right into some support actually right now. I, I agree. I, I don't know if it necessarily is going to be a a sell signal as much as it might be a buy signal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is is forget about the sell side. Uh, if it, you know, just uh, buy the dips. Well, but a little bit a little bit tighter than just saying buy the dips. I, I think there's specific reasons to, and I think you got to you 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 plot the correction so that you're not getting into where they're going to drop it another 10 or 20 bucks and you're being going like what did i do that for so i think if you if you plot your entries and you are a gold trader and you are looking to get long or add to a long 
then yeah, that's how you're going to look at. If you're just day trading, then absolutely, I'm with you, Jim. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't want you're going to you're you're playing all of it. Yeah, so you're going to want to sell it. Yeah, and like so, I say, or if I was a uh, discriminating buyer, I might keep my powder dry to see if I get a better opportunity down right. there. Right. You know, right. that's what I was thinking. I, uh, let's throw I, up that. I, let's, yeah. So I think we got the gold down pretty good. We got a bull market going on. And the question is, is will we get a drop? And if the dollar were to pick up steam and if the yields rise, then you got a better than even chance you'll get that kind of a better price. If not, you know, if they come out dovish and the dollar starts the going to 99, I mean, you know, you're probably going you know, to. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's the caveat. Silver. Talk mm -hmm. about something that's stalled and having trouble and not being able to get itself anywhere. Yeah. Silver. And I don't like the pattern. And I, 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 this I have to take away because I, I don't think that's what's happening. But this, I think if it, if it cannot hold these levels up here, and those are pretty high, but there's the, the 20 is sitting at 22. We stand a chance that we're going to break below 17. If it starts to come off and breaks below that 200. Yeah. I think that silver can easily come back down and finish up a down cycle and end up below 17. Let's, what hit, that uh, does let's, to gold, let's try to hit two. Let's try to hit two more because we're coming down to the end. I want to give you guys time to talk about what you can do for these people. Um, let's uh, talk about energy, crude oil and natural gas. I mean, natural gas. I mean, I, I heard guys on CNBC uh, saying last fall that natural gas was going to be this explosive move and you couldn't get it. And it's dropped 75% in value. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I this, this, is, this, is a, this is called a widow maker, you know, <laughs> you, ever yes. want to, you ever want to see what they call a widow maker. There's your sign right there. Widow. But maker. I have to say, if we take a look, look at where the high was August. Uh -huh. You're a user. You're an energy company and you are anywhere around the globe. And now you've got to get enough. You've got to purchase enough and put it in your storage. Yeah. So that you can get your area through the winter. Yeah. Are you going to be buying now? Or are you going to be buying before? That's why we see it spike over the summer. Yeah, I find months. it a little bit interesting uh, down here, of course, with some of the natural gas stocks. But uh, the one I because the whole world is long energy stocks. So let's put up crude oil there and maybe XLE and give people a little idea if they're holding on to a time bomb or not. Because I've seen that the oil cannot get above 83 bucks a barrel and it cannot get above 93. So these $100 a barrel things can't happen unless you get through those numbers. So um, and, 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 and this, could, this could be another widow maker in the process, you know? Yeah, I agree. This was for a pullback that exceeded. So if I just leave up those fibs, which should have shown where it should have come down to and then rallied again. Mm -hmm. It didn't. But that doesn't mean that this is not an ABC. So I think the C wave is extending. We've now come down to, and again, this is my weekly, it's come down to the weekly 200. And it got a shot. And believe it or not, it's got a shot at getting down to 62, 90, 63 before it starts to mount a very right. sizable right. rally. Right. Yeah. Now. And uh, if you look at XLE, let's see what that looks like. Because, I mean, that thing, you know, I mean, uh, Chevron just said they're buying $75 billion of their stock back. So apparently they're not looking for oil. Uh, they're using, <laughs> they're <laughs> using <laughs> the money to give it back to all these people who uh, hung, in, hung in with them back in 2020 when they looked like they were going out of business. XLE just continues to amaze me simply because it's. There's a divergence uh, on the RSI a little bit in there. Very little. Yeah. But the, you're right. You can see it again, the weekly, if I bring it down to the daily, it's just showing you, look at that. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. It's just yeah, 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 yeah. It's pure chop, which tells me it's corrective and it's actually got another leg down. To it. Yeah. If I look at the daily. Now, if I look at the daily, I look at the weekly. It's in an uptrend. It's a very crowded trade. I mean, the entire planet, you can't find one person who is uh, saying don't own energy stocks. So that, that's always concerning. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. When, when it gets too crowded in the room, it's time to leave. And the red bars are starting to come around. There's the fibs. If we're looking for a down leg, there's your levels. So where is your levels? Let's take a look here. On uh, this one right there. now, I'm going to open that up a little bit so you can see them. Right okay, now, 61, that's, 61 takes you down to 85 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then if we're going to go 100%, we're down at 81. Yeah. But 85 got, certainly is we, not uh, totally out of the question. It's only five bucks. A right. No, correct. Very correct. Yeah. And and the 200, which is usually pretty stable, right, in yeah. terms of controlling things, um, if they start to pull it off, this will go flat. And it yeah. should start to go flat right about where it is. Yeah. That's so another... you look at that, should be support. And yeah. what's it be? A, B, C, next rally. Because that yeah. was strong. That was strong, but that was even stronger. All right, Sonny, I got to bring it over to you. Uh, if you want to put up your Sonny band so we can uh, take another look at those. And again, uh, when people contact you, you're obviously going to explain how your technical analysis that proprietary uh, Sonny bands works for them. Um, uh, but what else do you have for them uh, that you want to announce? Not only do I explain to them how they work, Jim, I do three Zoom sessions showing them in the live market how it works and help them install it. I give free trials, free seven-day trials. Anybody that wants Sunny Bands, just text Sunny Bands to 760-908-3070, and I'll send you Sunny Bands. Perfect. And definitely you should check it out because it's a very unique uh, approach of technical analysis. So it's nice to find something that's not the same as everything else. Uh, Michael, uh, again, you know, you obviously have uh, uh, good expertise in the Elliott Wave and the FIB uh, area. So how can people get a hold of you and, and all the stuff that you could do for them? Um, the, the easiest way, of course, is to send me an email. My email address is michael at mjf, the number one partners.com. And I always answer my emails. I answer questions. If you can check me out on YouTube, uh, it's Traders Helping Traders and then my name. And so you can look at my work and then also comment, but ask questions in the comment. And I also will answer there. Um, outside of everything besides doing the daily updates, I do have a trade room and I also do uh, offer coaching. Sounds good. Uh, and uh, as far as optionprofessor.com, uh, our website, uh, you go to that website and put your email in and we can get you uh, three uh, PDF reports. Uh, one's on hedging, market declines and market upsides. Second one is our best stock picks. And the third is a one-on-one -on -one hour uh, online meeting with me where we go over stuff that we're doing and stuff that you're doing. And we try to add our insight to it. So it's optionprofessor.com on that. Okay, Sonny and uh, Michael, I think we went over quite a bit and there's a lot of value, I think, for people to get a hold of you and find out more. So I hope uh, people take advantage of that. Thanks a lot for being here, you guys. Of course, we'll do this again and I'm going to send it back over to David. Thank you. All right. Great show today. So uh, just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on you and your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, uh, Timing Research updates are available on Substack now. So you can search for Timing Research on there if you subscribe to anything on Substack. So um, also, you can just go to timingresearch.com and the archive for this uh, show will be there as soon as I can get it posted. Also all the past shows and events are there as well, including the full 
Tech Wizards event from last week. In case you missed that, you can review that at any time. We did uh, just under 30 presentations all about um, indicators, apps, tools, uh, platforms, that sort of thing for trading. So a lot of good uh, info there. And uh, I just want to thank my guests again for today. Sonny Harris of MoneyMentor.com, Michael Filigera of LogicalSignals.com and TradersHelpingTraders.com, and The Option Professor of OptionProfessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you, David. Bye-bye.